I gotta be honest, I don't really try to look back because if you do, that's kind of just the path to nowhere. It's not like I'm like just super happy, I think, but I gotta be confident in what I wrote. Everything that I wrote, even like the warts and all, it's brought me to where I am now and I am happy where I am now. This is the Crit RPG Podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything lit RPG, progression fantasy, and royal road. When all your skills are on cards and you crush rising stars, you're Honore. Hi. Hi. <laughs> that was unexpected. Thank you. <laughs> this stupid joke has been in my head for a long time thank you for coming in no problem that was worth the cost of admission right there the crit rpg podcast is a non-admission space no one pays to be here i mean who would really (laughs) not yet this time next year you're gonna be like oh sponsored by hello (laughs) fresh actually i might i need money we spoke about it before the show started. It's in bonus material, which you can get on Patreon. Speaking of, I need money. But yeah, I just recently quit my job, my main job, because it got too frustrating. And now I'm taking a bit of a hiatus and just writing and podcasting and doing all the fun stuff so that I can be freshly relaxed when I descend into madness again. Hey, congrats. You've made the big leap. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, I can't live off of it, but I'll try. Not yet, but you know, you never know. You never know until you try. That's true. I'm very sure. If you haven't guessed it already, my guest today is Honoré, author of Totem and All the Skills. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Great. I'm happy to be here. This is my first ever podcast, so exciting stuff for me. You're doing amazing so far. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You're very relaxed. Most people are stumbling over their words like I am, for example. <laughs> well, just wait. We're about three minutes in so just wait and then (laughs) (laughs) okay let's do that well then to warm us up can you tell us about each of your stories so totem and all the skills and then maybe how they got how they fermented in your head okay so with all the skills is definitely my most well-known one so far it is a deck building lit rpg so basically what it is is everybody has magical powers all magical powers all spells all effects you know body enhancements all the good stuff has been put into card form that people can switch in and out of various decks so you have like a heart deck which is like your main deck it's the big one and then you can have like various cheat decks and stuff that you can uh, switch in and out Yu-Gi-Oh style without any cool. yeah any consequences. So if you need a fireball, you can get like a fireball card and, you know, so on. It's never mm-hmm. that easy because, you know, acquiring the cards is the big deal. How do you get them? How do you get the cards? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The cards are, mm-hmm. you know, the main fun for me, like inventing new cards, especially the mm-hmm. stupider ones. <laughs> but yeah. I like uh, weasel calling, you know, you you have the ability to charm weasels, you know, and stupid. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) And then you have, of course, your serious cards, like the main character, Arthur. He has the ability to uh, basically take every skill to kind of copy every skill. You know, once he does it, he gets automatically level three for the first time. And then he becomes, you know, just this automatic expert. 
almost instantly. So it's a very OP skill. Mm-hmm. And of course he gets this as a little kid and it's just kind of him growing up with this OP card that he should not have and all the fun consequences that come from that. So that's all the skills. It's always been kind of like swimming around in my head, this story, but I never really had it a way to contextualize the magic. I wanted a guy who was like a jack of all trades, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I kind of grew up with, you know, your regular fantasy and it's just, I think the lack of boundaries made it very difficult to know how I was going to write this story. I think I was just too interested in like soft magic, you know, formats, like just like Harry Potter, where there was just, there was magic, but no real rules to the magic. And it kind of always stopped me as a writer. When I found lit RPG, I realized that that could be quantified. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't go too far into the math like a lot of people do. I'm very bad at Excel spreadsheets, so I wasn't going to touch it. But yeah, when I realized that, I read books like uh, Jake's Magical Market and uh, Goblin Mm -hmm. Summoner. I realized it was like a light bulb went off. I'm like, wait, I can put this into a physical form. And that was what I needed to really start the story. So, yeah. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, so I love lit RPG. It's kind of, it was finally the light that lit a fire under my butt to get it going. (laughs) Right, yeah. So, And then the second story is Totem. It's kind of getting started. It's wacky. What can I say? It's a bizarre story. It's my take on cultivation. If the writer was an idiot and didn't know much about cultivation. (laughs) The guy, you know, how... Instead of defying the heavens, he decides, or he doesn't decide, he gets into a world where when you cultivate, you become your spirit animal, basically. And he wanted something cool. He wanted a tiger or a wolf, and he gets a Canadian goose. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh. And so basically, it's going to be a story of him kicking ass as a goose. I'm hoping to finish the book in the first book in October. So, oh. yeah, it's uh, signed through Athon. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't believe they even took the chance on such a silly <laughs> concept, but they did. So far be it for me to say no. <laughs> I think this might be the imposter syndrome talking again. Yeah. You are a good writer. Uh, so when I first started out on Lit RPG, I think all the skills just started out. And every second Reddit was like, hey, can you recommend me a book? And all the, like, all the skills was pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, nice. If so many people are saying it, it means you are a master trickster god and have fooled them all into liking your stuff. Well, you know, I might be. You never know. If I was, I'd never admit to it. Yeah, Low-key trickster god. Yeah, you know, Loki did spend some time as a female, so you never know. <laughs> also as a horse, but let's not get to that. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're not going there. <laughs> we're not going there now. This is a, a family-friendly podcast. It would have made a really funny Marvel movie, though. Can't believe they didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been meaning to ask you, so you write two stories side by side. So the first question is, are you a writer full-time? And the second question is, how do you schedule your time? Okay, so I am not a writer full-time. I actually uh, do a manual labor job uh, in the morning. I usually wake up around 4.30 and just go. I'm somebody who has a lot of energy, so Hmm. I need to move a lot. And so basically, I usually work about five to six hours a day, but during peak season, like Christmas times, it's an eight or 10 hour job. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I get off that and I come home and I usually write, I dictate, which makes it a lot easier for me. So if I typed, I don't think I could write as much as I do. Which program are you using? I use several. I use, this kills me inside, but I use Dragon, naturally speaking, 15 right okay. now, but 
I've been changing it to word because they're actually more accurate. It's what? killing me. I know. So what happens is Dragon, it gets the homophones wrong all the time, no matter what. It gets the grammar correct perfectly for me. But for some reason, I don't know, it must be my SoCal accent. It just does not understand a lot of what I say, even if I train and, and do the profile management. What? But Word does it, but it doesn't do punctuation. So I write oh, new yeah. line. Yeah. So if I say like, you know, Arthur walked down the street, new line, period, you know, it would write out those words. For me, it was always comma. Yeah, comma, open quote. He writes out, come on. I'm like, what the? <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. So it does, it writes out the words open quote. Actually, it says up and quote, which is yep. annoying. But, you know, it's nothing that can't be fixed and find and replace. And even with all that, Microsoft Word is still more accurate right now than uh, Dragon 15, in my opinion. Yeah, and again, it kills me because I literally paid like, 400 bucks for Dragon 15 a few years ago, and it's still getting beaten by word. And it's even more expensive now, right? It still costs like a thousand euros. Um, yeah, they just released Dragon 16. If you're buying it straight up, then it is, at least in USD, it is $7.99. I just checked this because I was curious about upgrading, and I saw that, and I'm like, oh, hell no. Mm. But if you currently have it, it is cheaper. So I recommend anybody who is interested in dictation to actually try word. And then just find and replace. It's easy. It takes like five minutes. Uh, but it is really ugly when you look at it on the screen because it's just this block of text and half the punctuation is written out. It's intimidating to a lot of people. But once you do the find and replace and then you go through it again and just fix the little nits here and there, you get a surprisingly clean copy most of the time. Yeah, maybe I'll try that because I've been thinking about getting Dragon Go because um, I, I like dictating on the cell phone anyway. But because I have problems with my hand, so I've invested a lot of like ergonomic keyboard and kind of bullshit like that. And yeah, we'll see. It's a smart thing to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally recommend it for basically everybody. You know, you don't want to get RSI or carpal tunnel or wherever they're mm -hmm. calling it nowadays. You know, we're writers. We want to do this long term. Mm -hmm. I can sit here and I could just yap, yap, yap without any any impact to my body other than you know how i'm sitting i totally recommend it it is a steep learning curve though so you just gotta yes. be prepared for that that is very true yeah i mean as is typing right oh yeah yeah we just tend to forget about it because we learned when we were young it also depends like if how you learn to type right so if you're using the eagle search and destroy method like oh, this yeah. then dictation will always be faster but if you're using 1,000 spinal cords, severed, crammed hand style like I am, then probably you should think about it. That's a good tip. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So that's another thing with dictation is my words on my book is literally my voice. And that's important mm -hmm. to me. I want to make sure that it is literally my author voice on there. So, okay, I got a plan. Sure. Write a book. Get a professional audiobook narrator to dictate it. <laughs> and then you have a professionally dictated book. I like it. Yeah, then you can give it to an audiobook narrator so you can read it out again. <laughs> so several levels. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm missing something there, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I think it's a no. good plan. It's the inception <laughs> of dictation. <laughs> I like it. it. Isn't it? Now I'm thinking about, you know, like being 
Church Globe, like, you know, like Andrea Parsons secretary or something. I have no idea. I don't think that she would go for it. I think that she can pretty much write her own checks. But I think if you get somebody who's just starting out. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, like, you know, like she dictates the book and I write it out for her. Like, yes, of course. Okay, oh, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> That's better. I think I have it backwards. <laughs> yeah, I, that was a very convoluted joke. If you are a friend of the kazoo ad, you have to be very, very strong now. I regret to inform you that Sherlaloon went and bought the tear that removes the kazoo ad from all podcasts. And, and now it is gone. So you got Sherlaloon to thank for that. On the other hand, if you want to add the kazoo ad again, there's a tear for that too. Thanks so much for listening and let's get on with the show. <laughs> Okay. So we were talking about Totem, actually, mostly, when we got into this like weird tangent of writing schedules. But okay, so actually, that's still the point I wanted to ask you. Yes. How do you divide your time between the two books? Don't you get them mixed up or something? So <laughs> I know I'm supposed to say as a professional writer, open quote, close quote, professional writer, that I have a schedule. But the truth is that I write what I feel like writing at that moment. So basically, you know, as I'm traveling to and from work, I'm thinking, okay, what do I want to write? You know, instead of paying attention to the road, I'm thinking, what do I want to write that day? Mm -hmm. And usually it's all the skills. I mean, you know, that's my main, it's my main baby. But when I get home, I write what I'm most excited about. And so what I do is I write in 10 minute gaps and it doesn't sound like a lot, but in 10 minutes you can get 700 words. So, and it doesn't really impact your throat because after a while, it will, and that affects your dictation. It affects the quality. So 10-minute gaps, 10 minutes, 5 minutes off, 10 minutes, and then 5 minutes off. And usually I will finish a chapter of all the skills, and then I'll sit there and I'll write out what I want for the chapter of a totem based on the outline that I already have. So I have my master outline, and I refer to that. And then I try to like write out basically a quick summary, usually like two or three paragraphs, takes a couple of minutes, and then I start again with okay. uh, totem just to, and, and that gap kind of gets me into a different mindset because all the skills first of all it's in third person past tense arthur is a completely different character than seth the guy in totem the guy in totem is sarcastic and he's first person as well so uh, you have to be in a different mindset for the two so that break really helps so just you know people watch different tv shows you can totally do different books it's just basically mm -hmm. I don't know. For me, it feels the same. Oh, that's a good, very good point. Yeah. I had a question regarding to that. I think it was, do you also have a master outline for all the skills? Or is that just something you come up with? Oh, no, no. I have a master outline. Sometimes the characters don't agree with the master outline, you know, as they want to do. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I go through and I do a major outline, you know, the major beat by beat outline through the book. And as I go, it is always evolving because, you know, fun things happen sometimes and I'm not going to ignore them just because it wasn't in the outline. Like, for example, I don't know if I should give spoilers, but there is a character that randomly spawned. Her name is Joy and she's just like this cute little dragon and very just bubbles and sunshine. And you know, she was supposed to be a completely different character in the master outline. You know, she was supposed to be more of a, I'm going to date myself here, but a Daria character. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from like MTV. 
like a very like sarcastic and sardonic, very low tone character. And, you know, I, I wrote that, I wrote the first chapter for that. And she was kind of supposed to be like the annoying comment, not annoying, excuse me, the meta commentary kind of character. Like, you know, the stuff that you're sort of thinking about while the, the narrative is going, but you don't say because it's mm. not within the characterization. And it just wasn't working. It felt too dour. And so I went back and I changed her to the complete opposite preppy. She basically became the Quinn, the sister of Daria, the very happy preppy girl. And it didn't really change the plot so much, but it, at least not in the first few chapters, but later on, you know, those things cascade and you just change the outline as it goes. It's a living document. You could just change it and it's no big deal. And yeah, yeah basically that's how it goes. Pretty good. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I've been thinking about how to fix that. The the characters going off off the rails, but I got a few ideas. Yeah, it just got to let it happen. Sometimes I, mm. I don't want to get like too woo-woo, but you know, your subconscious really knows what's mm. what. And sometimes you just have to follow that because we're all storytellers. Mm. And if a lot of times what people call writer's block is they're just fighting against what their mm. subconscious is telling them. And they're yeah, just they're saying, sure. no, they're using the logical part of their mind to fix a non-logical problem. And it doesn't work for a lot of people. Mm. So That's a very good point. Emotionally, one trick I've been thinking about doing is taking pivotal moments and then writing them, not beforehand, but kind of hearing what your character might feel about them. Yeah. Not a foolproof method because the character's emotions evolve over the right. course of the book. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, later on, they might have more baggage than when mm -hmm. you originally wrote it. But mm -hmm. no, that's totally the legit way to go about it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much. This is really, really great stuff so far. Oh, oh cool. Nice. <laughs> I mean, we're already kind of like bordering into that. What's some good or what's the best advice you've ever gotten as a writer? You know what? I really recommend. <laughs> There's this lady. Her name is Catherine Rush. Catherine something rush. Ugh, mm -hmm, I'm terrible. Mm -hmm. I've actually seen her live in a conference and she did this talk at 20 books to 50k conference for writers. Mm -hmm. And she basically writes, it's like the dangerous pursuit of perfection or something like that. And I absolutely 100% recommend it. I, gosh, of course, you know, it's midnight. I'm not thinking correctly, but I'm sorry. It's called... The Pursuit of Perfection. If you do that and then type out Catherine Rush on Google, you will find she does these uh, free blog posts. And I absolutely recommend it because basically she goes through and she says, you don't need to rewrite. You, you'll kill your story, basically, if you rewrite it 50 times. We're not talking mm -hmm. about editing because, of course, everybody edits. You know, don't just like throw a first draft up on Amazon or anything. But what especially... You can do that on Royal Road, but not on Amazon. You can do that on Royal Road. That's what Royal Road's for. No, I do recommend that you don't do it on Royal Road too, yes. but you don't, there is definitely a line where you write and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and it absolutely kills the story. So don't mm. do that. It's like chewing your food too much. Yes. Yeah. It's like putting it in a blender and then trying to drink it. It's not going to be great. Yes. If anyone who's ever had their wisdom teeth removed knows that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Great. The best of times. Really. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's gone through that, but yeah, 
you know, so basically my advice is to not, as you say, overchew the story and just let it go, warts and all. Send it to Railroad. Again, you know, you want to respect your readers. You want to make sure that it is not full of typos. Uh, my story is full of typos, but that's that's a me problem. But generally, you don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you have thought about the story a little bit, that you're just not spamming nonsense out there. But so many writers, they will take it down, then redo it, and then put it back up, and then take it down and redo it, and they never go forward. And you want to make sure that at some point you just want to let it go and just mm-hmm. let it be free. I have some friends who might benefit from this advice. So yeah. if any of my friends, you know who you are, go and read that book, Smiley Face. <laughs> there is one other one that I'm thinking about. It's actually by Catherine Rush's husband, Dean Wesley Smith, and he does Heinlein's Five Rules of Business Writing. And it's pretty oh. much the same thing. He, this guy is a very crusty old man. If you watch him on YouTube, he has a whole bunch of videos. He's hilarious. He just... He has no Fs to give, but he knows his business writing. And basically he has these five rules, which I cannot remember by heart, but basically you have to write it, you have to publish it, and you have to keep it on the market and Mm -hmm. like two more. And they're very simple, but they're very hard to follow. And you can, I mean, I tried to do that and I feel like I've had some success. So I recommend it. Yeah, I mean... Some success. <laughs> throw up your Patreon here. 2,133 Patreons on 124 posts. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, how many... Do you have 4.9 stars on Amazon? I, I forget. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah, right. You have so many typos and your story is like so weird. Like, really. <laughs> well, the fact is that I pay people now to fix those typos. So... <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I know those poor patrons. We were talking earlier, I think, before the recording. But yeah, those poor patrons, mm. they have to deal with the alpha version. <laughs> By the way, if you want yeah. to listen to that conversation where Honor Ray says incredible stuff that you will be shocked to hear this, uh, just do BuzzFeed stuff, you can click on my Patreon. I have two patrons right now. You wouldn't believe what I said next. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ten things that Honor Ray said about geese that will surprise you. <laughs> number eight will get her canceled <laughs> no i don't think so uh, i really don't think so um, but yeah there's enough enough of me of me shilling out no no that's what we're here for <laughs> no we're actually here to have a conversation the whole patron thing is just a very nice bonus but i'm doing these because i actually love talking to people to writers do you know uh, everyone knows seinfeld but do you know yeah. the show the communist in cars getting coffee Yes. Yeah. I've seen it a few times. Yeah. He mentioned this one thing where he's at a party and it's super boring, some sort of Oscar thing or whatever. And he like sees someone and goes like, <gasps> comedian. And like rushes to him, like grabs him by the arm, comedian. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like that when it's about writing, right? So I'm going to all these parties and I'm hanging out with people and being all quiet and like sitting on the corners, nursing my drink, like fending off women with a stick as I usually do. Oh yeah. <laughs> Obviously. And Oh, you're fine. No, that's cool. I wasn't joking. But writers have this different perspective on things. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. Because it is, no matter how many people I talk to, no matter how many writers I'm talking to, it's great every single time. Well, I appreciate it. And yeah, I totally agree. Before 
really I knew about Discord and stuff. I used to go to uh, NaNoWriMo meetups and it was mm-hmm. the same thing. It was like my people. <laughs> <laughs> my tribe. Yeah. <laughs> you should have a character in Totem where his spirit animal is a writer. Nice. I got to think of what animal that would represent. Something nerdy with glasses. Cats. <laughs> cats. The oh, uh, the patron saint of cats is also the patron saint of writers, I think. You know, that makes sense. With Totem, I was trying to make people like the non-standard like characters, like there's a crane woman and stuff, but I got to put at least a cat in there and then you'll know that's the writer. Actually, no, that's that's wrong. I was thinking of Francis the SEC, but the <laughs> patron saint of writers and journalists is actually uh, Francis de Sully. Okay. I know, I know. All right. Well, what animal is he? Is <laughs> still a cat? <laughs> I have no idea. Philip Pullman, you know, his Dark Materials series mm-hmm. with the demons and stuff. I believe I saw a interview and I'm probably misremembering, but I think that he said that his would be a cat because, you know, he sees that as like the quiet intellectual, the quiet writer. So <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know. Maybe a squirrel. Nice. I always thought mine would be a magpie. I don't know why. A magpie? Well, actually, I do, but it's probably not. We can talk about it in the bones material. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ten (laughs) things about magpies. Now, you're talking about editing, and you're talking about not, like, chewing your food until it's dust. But is there something you would go back to in works you've already published that you would change? Oh, that's a really good question. I know I get a lot of complaints that the first uh, act of all the skills is slow, but eh, I like it. So no, I wouldn't change that. No, I got to be honest. I don't really try to look back because if you do, that's kind of just the path to nowhere. It's not like I'm like just super happy. I think if I had a document on one side of my screen and I had to rewrite it, I'm not going to say that there would be no changes whatsoever because there'd probably be changes every other sentence. But sitting here and thinking back, I, I guess it's arrogant, but I got to be confident in what I wrote. So I'm going to say no. Everything that I wrote, even like the warts and all, it's brought me to where I am now. And I am happy where I am now. Although I will say that going forward, you know, there are things, there are lessons that I want. Like I would have probably, oh great, now I'm going down that road, darn it. I probably would have done something different with the character Horatio, made him a little bit of a different character for Mm -hmm. a plot that's coming up, which I won't talk about. But, you know, all that stuff, you, you can still change. Again, it's a living document. So I have plans to kind of fix that issue and change it in a future chapter. So everything that I didn't like in the past, I can still change in the future, in a future book and a future arc. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's just the optimist in me. I, whatever I made, whatever problem there may have been had, you can still fix it in the future. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's unsatisfying answer, but it's just, I, I just, no, it's pretty good. Yeah, I just don't want to look back too much and navel gaze because then you can kind of get stuck in that mindset. What about the future then? If you were starting a new book, what would you keep in mind? I would definitely kind of keep in mind the tropes of lit RPG because, you know, when I first started with all the skills, it was just, it's the story of my heart. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, as I said, I had this idea for this fantasy story where this guy becomes jack of all trades. And lit RPG gave me the vehicle for that. But now, you know, I've fallen in love with the genre. I've read widely in the genre and i think i would just keep in mind more tropes i would have a more combat oriented character which i am doing Mm -hmm. with totem so maybe totem is 
a little bit my answer to that. Somebody who has more battles, who's a little bit more assertive than Arthur. Arthur, when he's faced with a problem, he's not the type of guy who will fight it head on. He's more subversive of a character Mm -hmm. and he will kind of think about the problem and usually try to fix it with more of a soft power. Like, you know, he has his main thing is like gambling. He is a Mm -hmm. gambler, but he's a smart Mm -hmm. gambler. Um, where Seth, the guy from Totem, will just be like, yeah, let's just poke this with a stick and see what happens. (laughs) So I think the genre probably likes a guy more like Seth than Arthur in that case. But it it depends on the plot because Mm -hmm. you build your character based on what the plot needs to. Or should I say the character fits his world? The character fits fits his world, right? You're right. So it kind of depends a little bit on the world, yeah. Or if, if you're a panzer, I guess the character is the plot. Yeah. Yeah. One good thing about panzers is, you know, they are so character focused and you are following along with the character. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, their huge strength. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. With, I, I don't call myself a panzer, but basically with um, people who do plot things out, you know, that is a danger that you have to make sure that your character does remain foremost mm-hmm. and that you aren't having the plot drive it for you have the character drive it for it even if you mm. are looking at an outline of the plot so mm. that's something that a lot of people get in trouble with i've noticed including mm. me i've caught myself doing that a lot like you know when i look back at a chapter when i'm editing i'm like yeah okay arthur probably wouldn't make this decision this is the plot making the decision so i have a side character mm. make the decision for him yeah that's smart yeah pretty good yeah that's what they're there for mm. The main character can't do everything, so you got to have the side characters shine a little bit. Excuse me? Your book is called All the Skills? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's still learning, though. (laughs) He has the chance to be OP, so he's still gaining all those lovely levels. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I mean, both your books sound sound pretty good. You're saying Totem isn't out? No, Totem isn't out yet, right? Totem is still coming. No, Totem is... (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, Totem is out on Royal Road. First... I don't know. It's in the teens chapter right now. I put a pause on it just because I've been moving. Yeah. I just bought a house and I had to choose one baby. And so I threw one out and that was Mm -hmm. totem, but I'm going to go back to it real soon and it will start posting again. Yeah. You can read the first quarter of the first arc right Mm -hmm. now on railroad. (laughs) Yeah. So I did a Sophie's choice and uh, totem was the choice. Mm -hmm. So I threw them out. But yeah, I'm going to return to that pretty shortly now that I've gotten settled in and stuff. You know, I always, I have these grand plans like, oh yeah, moving's only going to take two weeks and I can, <laughs> I can work and I can move and all the furniture and arrange all the things and also write two books at the same time. And it turned out, no, I could not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a neighbor, wonderful, sweet person. And she got a kid last year. And she said, well, it's going to be so fine. I, I can just like work and the kid's going to sleep next to me and it's going to be super fine. And like, I meet her like five months after and she's like, I can't. The kid's not sleeping. I know I'm not working. <laughs> yeah, my sister just had a baby and I was actually, yeah, you know, helping out a little bit because you, you need help, you know, family yeah. and stuff. And man, they take up a lot of time. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like a full time job almost. Yeah, they're not kidding. I mean, I always heard it, but I didn't believe it until I saw it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's general knowledge. It, it just didn't hit me until I saw it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I'm, I don't have any kids, but... Yeah, same. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, why? I Like you're saying, right? My books are my babies. Yeah. 
Well, I'm working on it, but I don't think the readers have to worry about it for some time. So, you know, we're okay. <laughs> okay no worries. Good. <laughs> More shocking details. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> in the bonus material. <laughs> They're probably going to be like, oh, wait, Honor is a woman. <laughs> Actually, I think some people might be. Yeah. I don't really go. I mean, you know, obviously I don't like try to hide it or anything, but I'm not on Reddit. Like, if you want a female author, then look at my book. It's so cringy. Yeah, I think it's also counter-feminist, but I'm not qualified to say that, so mm, I'll shut up. Yeah, I kind of didn't want to go there too, but yeah. <laughs> I'll shut up about it. Uh, yeah. I'm not qualified. There you go. Yeah. Okay, I just lost 50 subscribers with that comment, I think. So. Yeah, I, that was the one that got me canceled. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I, I promised it. There it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Segment end. Another another cut segment. No, it's pretty good. Do you want to talk about books or shows or games, I guess, that inspired you? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, with it's going to be mostly books and shows. I got to be really careful with games because I do have kind of an obsessive personality where I will start a game and then wake up five months later and be like, oh, what happened? Where am I? This is not my wet yeah. pee defense. <laughs> So I have to be super careful with that. I learned that at a young age. So pretty much books and TV, like obviously Avatar, Last Airbender has been a huge, you know, thing in my life. Anybody who's read my books, obviously Dragon Riders of Fern is a big one. But also Mercedes Lackey's books, the Valdemar books, they are corny as an adult, but man, they still work. It's crazy. It's like, if you've ever read those, these people have magical horses. If you're a girl, then you read those books. But Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think they're released in Germany. So Oh, he probably didn't miss much. They're not great literature. But what I really enjoyed about them is a sense of optimism. And especially mm-hmm. in this day and age, I really feel that's important. Mm-hmm. It's so easy, especially as an author, to go the cynical route with every little thing because it's it's the plot you know if you have cynical people then you have people plotting and plotting is plot and then you know you have people you don't trust and you can throw in red herrings everywhere it's just really really tempting to make everything cynical but i don't know it's more satisfying as a reader when you make people good and it really seems to take people by surprise too it's kind of funny yeah. <laughs> hmm. like one point I had a healer character come in and everyone's like, she's going to rifle through Arthur's mind and she's going to expose all the secrets. No, this healer was just there to heal. She was there to help. She's like, hey, I'm worried about your emotional health. Not- That's so nice. Yeah, we can talk about this after the show. In the bonus material, <laughs> I you know, talked to you about something. Okay, the thing with the games, totally get it. Yeah. It's why I had to stop gaming altogether almost. Legit, I notice if I get like a good game, mm-hmm. It's like crack and I can't stop. And it's actually digging into my writing time. And that's why I stopped. Or I am continuously stopping over and over again because it's just not relaxing anymore. I have a better way to, you know, like dream all these power fantasies by writing books. Yeah. And it kills me inside because there's great games out there and you see people having fun. And I'm not, I feel like an addict, but I'm not one of those people who can have fun in that same way because I can't. Mm stop once i can't finish like if the plot is not finished it eats at me and i will like not sleep well i mean i'll sleep but i won't sleep as much as you should and it will just eat into my social time and it's just not healthy whatsoever i think Mm. the last one that i really really got into was runescape back in the day my grades were going down as a kid and i'm like okay i gotta shut this off this is just not good yeah i didn't make the connection until i finished college <laughs> so when x-fire was still a thing oh, yeah. i had 
10,000 hours in World of Warcraft. Oh, that got yeah. so many people. I had a supervisor who almost lost literally his marriage because of World of Warcraft. That was a powerful one. So I never had one to begin with. So, okay, to make the connection, right, to make this actually relevant, what I like about Lit RPG so much is that the books have an end. Yes. I mean, some of them do. Yeah. Looking at you, Trotloon, Zorgarth, First Defiler, <laughs> Matt Denneman. No, these are also freaking great, right? Because yeah. they just keep going and they keep immersing you in that in fantasy. I'm not saying that about books. Absolutely not. I was joking and saying that. I kind of like wish books had like an easy end so I could stop reading them all the time, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I listen to audiobooks and I've actually, I've run into that problem where I've stayed up way too late listening to audiobooks. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not hundreds of hours. It's tens of hours. So it's, mm. I tell myself that's okay, but it does scratch the same itch as mm. the video games, which I love. So that's another reason to yeah. love lit RPG. I'm looking sometimes at like shorter video games. So the connection that I wanted to make was and to just ask you if you if you agree or if you have anything to add to that would be to lit RPGs are so great because they combine the storytelling and this dopamine loot spiral. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. You know, I think that there is a healthier way and just more of a mm. fun way to again scratch that same itch. Because yeah. when you hit that new level, you do it's like hitting a loot box that yes. actually is worth it. Yeah, and exactly. you didn't have yeah. You didn't have to oh. spend the money, which is even better. <laughs> okay, so new Royal Road feature. <laughs> in order to actually get a skill, you're going to have to pay the loot box in the text. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, the man. Now you're going to give Khan and Wing ideas. <laughs> oh, no. like No, I think they're all good on ideas right now. I think they're all good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know when the show is coming out. So anyway. You know what's really bad is I found myself not watching. Well, I don't have a lot of time on my hands because I'm writing or working, but... I haven't found myself watching a lot of TV shows recently. Mm. I don't know if my attention span's going down, but I'm just loving YouTube. I think no. it's just the spontaneousness of something that's not scripted. Yes, and it's also the shorter format. When I'm done with a day, so I'm not working right now, but when I was still working, it was even worse. Mm -hmm. So I am legit thinking about story the entire day. Either I'm writing or I'm plotting or I'm talking to other people and helping them plot because that's what I love. But at the end of the day, after editing all the podcasts and everything, I just I just want to shut my brain off. Yeah. And I'm watching like other people play League of Legends. Yeah. Sorry. And that's another way to, I mean, that's another great way to enjoy a video game without getting kind mm. of sucked down that vortex. Mm. Oh my God, I went through an Among Us binge for <laughs> like nine months. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Yeah. But right now, yeah, it's like with YouTube, I found, especially watching certain followers that seem to like be getting the, you know, kind of exploding slowly. They are also doing plot very subtly in their mm. stories. There's mm. one guy I watch called Goldshaw Farm. I don't even know why I watch him. I, I'm not into farming or homesteading, but I still watch him. And he does like a little story format. It seems very subtle in each one of his stories. He'll have a theme about like his favorite cat. And then he'll talk about how the cat goes through the farm and it has small highs and lows and he'll end it. Mm. And somehow it's very addictive and it really works. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty dope. Speaking of addictive, I want to use my two shout outs on this. So we were talking about video games and yeah. RPG and this loot spiral and two books that do this very, very well 
I've shouted them out many times, mentioned them many times before, but it's the Ripple system by mm-hmm. Kyra Karen. And it's, I, I personally think one of the best loot spirals in this year yet is Death Loot and Vampires. Well, 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 it's a new ad. If you're interested in having your story shouted out on this podcast, please reach out to me under critrpg.podcast at gmail.com. For now, I just finished the first book in my own series, Torchbearer. If you like a slow burn story about weak to OP main characters, mixing magic and technology and numbers going up, you might also enjoy this one. You can find the link to my link tree down below. And that's all for now. Thank you very much for listening and or watching. And let's get on with the show. By Ben Carey. Those are on my to-be-read list. I have one fan who just loves Kyle Curran. Keep teasing the guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it. And I haven't yet. Take the audiobook. Okay. Okay. It's Travis. So you know what's up. But you, I think you will really like it. If you're into video games or like you like MMORPGs. I, you know what? So that is on my to-be-read list. I guess I'll bump it up. I was gonna listen to Path of Ascension three next, but one thing that I've done, man, Primal Hunter. I can't believe you got Zogarth. I'm kind of fangirling a little bit next, but yeah, he does. He does those so well. I was listening to number three like about a week ago while I was moving, actually, and man, he is very good at that payoff. And mm. you think that you know Jake can't go any higher, and then he does. It's really good. Another one that I don't hear a lot of people talking about. It's All Trades by Shane Walker, and he's a little bit more comedic. He doesn't do the payoff as well, but he does a very good stuck in a video game, and it's humorous, but it has heart and it has a lot of ambition. The guy's only ambition is to create the best corporation inside the video game, and he does the kind of like the jack of all trades thing. So I might have. Was it been inspired? Who's the author? Uh, Shane Walker. Shane Walker. And it's called All Trades? All Trades. He has like four books out. That wasn't on Royal Road, was it? I think it was originally. I'm not sure if it's still being updated. The audiobook was made by Nick Podell. Or sorry, narrated by Nick Podell. So it's really good quality. I'm not sure if he's still narrating. I think he actually switched narrators now I'm thinking about it. But still good quality. Still good, good writing. Huh, okay. It, because the cover is not standard Royal Road at all. No, no, it's very generic. And I think that's why it's overlooked, but it's a good story. And it was, it looks like it was during the first wave when everybody was doing, yeah, I'm going into a video game and that's kind of died off now. Yeah. Uh, right now it's a system apocalypse. Yeah. Cultivation was a thing for a while. It still is. I mean, we have that really good one. Of course, now I can't think of it. It's like first cultivation or rule of cultivation that came out a few weeks ago. That was really good. And of course, beware mm. chicken. Oh, yeah. Although that was an anti-cultivation. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. In later books, it becomes a bit more cultivation-y. But yeah, it's the curse of the anti-establishment book, I feel. One of my friends posts Merchant Crap. Yeah, you can, you can cross that off of your bingo list. He mentioned that he never expected Merchant Crap to become this big. He's, he's, he loves writing it. He enjoys writing it. But he never expected it to become this big. So he, you're just along for the ride. But sometimes that means, I imagine at least, that you don't have the plot planned out for this long. And you want to keep writing it. But you just need to like change the plot in a way. And it's always dangerous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of coming up for all the skills. I plotted out five books and yeah. soon I'm going to have to make that decision. Do I end it at five? Do I keep mm-hmm. it going? And I think 
I've kind of stressed about it for a bit. And I think I'm going to kind of make my decision on the fourth book. I want to end on a strong note, though. I don't want to be one of those people who just keeps going and they're and with no point to it. Hmm. So I'm not saying that, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah, we're not throwing shade at anybody. I'm just saying that is something that is absolutely a concern when you are an author, especially for these mm -hmm. long serial type stories. You know, at what point do you say, okay, my characters reached the top? Cradle ended at a great point. I know 12 books. Yeah, 12 books. I mean, that's great. And they all had a point to them. Maybe not Sky's Horn, but the rest of them had a point to them. <laughs> not throwing shade, except for that book. Well, he can afford it. He's fine. Yeah. Will Wise not going to be crying in his tea because I said something about that. Yeah. Will, if you're listening to this, you can come on this podcast and throw shade at Honoré. Yeah. You know what? I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I can also get Zograth to throw shade at you. Kind of like, Senpai noticed me. Oh, he would know that for free. He would do that for <laughs> He's a really cool dude so far. In the response to the podcast invitation that I sent him, he sent me an ASCII image of Shrek. <laughs> I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> I've talked to him a couple of times. Like, I've talked to him. Like, okay, we chat on Discord, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. a couple of times. He is a really nice guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Oh, yes. A question that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. That I totally forgot about. Is this your first book, uh, All the Skills? Did you just like no. wake up one morning and start writing this? No, I ghost wrote for a long time. Ooh. I ghost wrote romance for a long time. Ooh. So what happened was I had a work accident and I was laid up and I was like, uh oh, I still need to put food on the table. So I'd been writing fan fiction since I was 12. I was never a good student. I did not go to college. So I was like, oh, I have no other skills other than what I can do with like lifting things. So through a friend of a friend, I learned about ghostwriting. I have to be careful because I actually wrote, because I'm actually under NDAs, but the client, I gave a sample of what I can write and he said, all right, here you go. And I was writing a book a month for about 18 months. What? Yeah. How? For not very good pay. <laughs> How? Well, you know, when you're laid up and you were like, oh, I have bills and you just, you write. And that's how I got really good at dictation as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I don't consider that. It wasn't my writing. They're not my books. I never even actually looked them up to see how they were doing on Amazon, although I continue to have a job. So I assume, okay. And yeah, um, so that just was really a crash course in how to write a book. Now, with that genre, it was very to formula. And obviously, I was with an outline. So it was not, I was just the vessel to put the words out. I was not, it was nothing of me that was on the page, basically, or very little. But I still learned a lot I because I never really learned a lot in school about grammar or anything. I went to very bad schools mm -hmm. and they didn't really didn't teach that. And then when I went to fan fiction uh, with fan fiction, the culture is not to offer criticism. So I never really got that. So this was basically my uh, feet to the fire and I learned and kind of crucible and I learned how to write. Okay. But the first book I wrote for myself is All the Skills. And I okay. consider that my first book, although there was a heck of a lot of practice <laughs> at a time. It's cheating. <laughs> a little bit. Your first book is supposed to suck. <laughs> well, it might have. I don't know. But then I still sold it. <laughs> Officially, I guess my first book was the ghostwritten book. It's a little bit of a shame because, you know, you're supposed to like celebrate your first book. But I didn't. I was just so like, okay, on to the second. I think it's legit. 
Yeah. I think it's legit to say, hey, that's not my book. Because ghostwriting is basically someone giving you a note and then you expand on that note. And I think it's only your book if you came up with the idea. Yeah, that's really how I feel. Yeah. I mean, that's what, again, I feel like I was the vessel and I was just sitting there. It kind of felt like almost a data job, I, I hate to yeah. say. Oh, um, no. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a very good comparison. Yeah. I did my best. I mean, I'll be honest. I did my best and I tried to do the best prose I could and tried to put like, you know, the best characters I could out there, but they were not my characters. It was somebody else's characters and I was just trying to do the best I could with them. So, yeah. Cool. All right. New books, one new book that you love? One book that I love or that I've read recently. Yeah, basically tell me about one great book that you recently read and tell me why it's awesome. Path of Ascension. I've really gotten into that. So I think that the authors described it as basically cultivation with a lit RPG t-shirt on. And that's accurate. The guy does, I don't know, oh. the guy, I'm assuming here me assuming but he does really great characterization and he kind of goes into the character motivations but he doesn't wallow in them which i find to be very refreshing so while you go into the nitty-gritty of the character you don't get stuck there and the plot is fun there is a really fun system that he has it makes sense it's logical it's just it's almost a perfect book it's a very very good book yeah I like the start, even though it was kind of a little bit meandering at the beginning. It's like, okay, where's this yeah. going? But then it got like really good. Yeah, the first few chapters, I listened to an audiobook and I was like, with, with Lit RPG, you have to be kind of there for the ride, it feels like. It's the rule. The first half of every Lit RPG book, you have to quote unquote get through. Yeah. Which is why when you're writing one, it's super important to kind of give the reader a expectation of, okay, this is going to happen in the future. Yeah. I've been tempted like about plotting to do one of those, I'm probably gonna say it wrong, in media res books where, you know, you just basically you start from the action and then you do one of those record screeches and you go back and like, here's how I got there, <laughs> you know, but that's so cheap because <laughs> I Is think it? that, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that probably the lesser of the two evils is just to, to have the slow start if you need to just build it up and just make mm. sure that when you get to that point that's fun that it's fun that it's worth it you know mm. or you can do what i'm doing you start in media race and don't explain everything <laughs> well if you start in media race and you just and you don't go back then you're just starting the book then god damn it <laughs> that's good. no but that's a good way to do it though i've seen it happen where someone drops a character like right in the middle of it and then people are intrigued and they want to continue mm. that's a legit mm. way to do it too there's no one true way to do it. And anyone who tells you that there is or lying or selling you something. Yeah. Again, cutting this part out. Yeah. Uh, I've been getting comments like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on in this book. <laughs> We've been thrown in, in media race, in media race. Like I got like a kind of negative review on this. So no, like definitely right in some respects. Yeah. The criticism, right? Because I don't explain myself really well and I don't give that promise at the beginning, right? I'm not telling you, okay, this is a story about how this is going to be awesome, right? So yeah. I think maybe that's a mistake that you can make as a writer. I mean, it can be, but again, if you have readers who are still with you along the ride, is it a mistake or are you just filtering out the readers who are not right for you? Yeah. 
I mean, you know, of course, if it's really eating at you, of course, go back and fix it. You could always fix that with a paragraph or two or just like little hints along the way. But mm. I don't know. Again, it feels like you have to kind of trust the process a little bit and you don't want to overthink things too much. You don't want to overchew. Yeah, it's tough. There's never, again, there's never one good answer. I, I need to define for myself like a certain like level of this is an acceptable number of people to drop off at if chapter. Yeah. Because I have some chapters where people just like 10% just drop off. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? I got to be honest. I don't look at that stuff. I never have, even though I pay for like the advanced analytics and railroad, mm. I'd never look at it um, because it would drive me up the wall and I'd be second guessing everything. We're so much alike, except that I do. <laughs> and I'm doing exactly that. Yeah. You just don't want to get bogged down because then it really eats at you. You know, we're authors, artists, we're sensitive souls. So you just got to protect that a little bit. I do read my reviews, which maybe you shouldn't, but I do. And that's, and of course my comments on railroad, even if I don't reply still, I think that's actually the reader space for the most part. I still read it, but I try not to kind of let it, it get past the tough skin basically. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's an art. And I try to say what I do, but sometimes I don't follow it. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, it's tough sometimes. You would think that sitting down and writing would be something easy. But it's really tough. It's just tough mentally. Mm. It's tough emotionally. It's tough spiritually. So it's not easy. Because your brain is making so many connections that you need to actually write down. Yeah. Yeah. And your brain is working. I don't know. I get hungry after like a writing session. It feels oh, like yeah. I've actually like burned calories. So Yeah, exactly. It burns a lot of calories. <laughs> you need to have a good diet. It's a job. And so most of us are doing this job on top of our normal jobs. So. Yeah, I could quit at this point, but the problem is my job is uh, union and pension. So, mm. I mean, you don't see that a lot of times uh, nowadays. So it's a big ask. So I'm still working. You're also saying you, you're an active person, so you like the physical activity. That's nice. Yeah, I'd have to like really replace it with some hardcore gym. Um, if not, or else I'd just start going crazy. Move to Germany. <laughs> where you have like all this shit for free. <laughs> Yeah, the land of promise. <laughs> the land of promise, Germany. <laughs> Didn't you just buy a house? I did, so I probably shouldn't sell it right away. I think no, no. I think that my family would kill me. So. <laughs> yeah, also, also like, no, like Germany is fine, but. I've heard good things, honestly. And I've heard real good things about the beer, so. For, for now. Maybe. <laughs> oh, you've been listening to the Jolly episode. Um, <laughs> now for the fun part. Shout outs. Shout outs. Like, oh, uh, like people I've been reading and stuff? Yes. Uh, I mean, we've talked about many of them already. Okay. But do you have anyone you would shout out? And probably even like people maybe not have read as much before. Well, yeah, I think I'm not sure if we're going to, oh, as I said earlier, I'm not sure if it was Keith, but I definitely recommend the All Trade series by mm -hmm. Shade Shane Walker. He is really good. Again, Path of Ascension, I've been really digging recently. Gosh, you know what? I've been kind of going to the standards at the last few months. Of course, Primal Hunter, it does deserve all the accolades that's been getting. I'm on book three, so I mean, I don't know, maybe it falls off, but until then, oh. it's been really good. <laughs> but no, it's been, it's been real good. It's surprisingly good, especially with uh, the quality of the system. I was really impressed with that. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, I wish I had my phone with me at this second. I can just look up my Audible because I've like, I spend so much on it. It's my wallet cries. You know, of course, Beware of Chicken. That's a lot of mm. fun. Everybody knows about that. I'm trying to think of something really surprising. You know what I really like? 
I really liked Lotus Lake by Jace Boyce. She's an interesting writer. She writes characters that you think that you would hate, like Mary Sue's that you really should hate. And yet, yet they're just so fun. I don't know what her secret sauce is, but I really enjoy that. That and the touch of power. Her characters are so OP. They are just insane. It's like watching Superman walk around. And you'd think that'd be boring, but she makes it so interesting. And it's like watching a little soap opera. I think she does very good with the characterization, even though her characters are so OP that it shouldn't make sense. So I do recommend her. So this is Jay Boyce? Yeah, Jay Boyce. I probably mm -hmm. said Jace, but Jay Boyce. Yeah, the Touch of Power series and Lotus Lake series. I think that she's writing another Lotus Lake soon. So I'm excited about that. That's one of those old school. I'm <laughs> Okay. So basically what happens is the character goes back in time five years and instead of like fixing her life or whatever, she's like, you know what? I'm going to do this video game even better. <laughs> and that's what she does. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, you know, and again, it works. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And the touch of power is your basic isekai where she, you know, She's like this disabled girl and it never really explains what the sickness is. She's just quote sick. And then she goes into this uh, world where she basically becomes Superman. Super easy, barely an inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> it's a few books of that. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. I always shouted out Ripple System and Death Root and Vampires, but people like most likely have read that and they most likely know that. Another book that I'm reading right now that I really enjoy and I need to get the name right, so give me a second here. Sure. Is it called Fragments of Reality? Oh, I just thought of one too. Give me like a second here. First book of the Edge Cases series, Fabric of Reality by Silver Linings. Okay, Fabric of Reality. Now that is a really cool systems broken what's up novel. I think someone described it as Noble, Grim Noble, or okay. Noble Dark. Noble Dark, I think. I really like that, that kind of kind of thing so if you're it gave me a vibe of that video game called the last spell oh you know what duh i have read this I actually shut it out one time Wait, what? <laughs> yeah yeah this is a good one i recommend this i also recommend sunrise cv's system universe it's an isekai yes. and cosplays accidental summoning if you like more of a ya bent mm -hmm. so yeah yeah edge pretty good edge case great and by travis baldry too so yes yeah, that's a good seal of approval. Yeah, yeah. This is no longer the Crit RPG podcast. It is always the Travis Baldry fanboy podcast. And if he ever comes on, I'm basically going to record myself screaming for 10 minutes. And oh that's going to be the entire show. I would not blame you. <laughs> okay. Hold on, I'm just... There we go. I lost the browser for a second. But yeah, no, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, he is an ultimate fave. And God, he puts so much of himself into his voice work. Yeah. And Luke Daniels, too. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but, you know, I'm sorry to shout out my own stuff, but I, I was like, I almost fell out of my chair and Podium came back and me like, you want Luke Daniels? What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty cool. I also, you mentioned All Trades and yeah. Michael Eric Summer, Summerer, excuse me, Michael Eric Summerer. He is also pretty freaking great. I first encountered him when I was reading or listening to The Perfect Run. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of dropped under the radar for a while. I didn't really see that, hear that many books of his. But 
he is really freaking good. Like, really freaking good. And if he matches your story, that's also really amazing. Yeah, I've had the perfect run on my to-be-read list. Like, my, you have no idea how long it is. It's crazy. Yeah, can sort it for you. <laughs> it's great. Well, I read all genres, so you're going to see stuff like Julia Quinn on there, you know, the Bridgerton lady and stuff. So I read all yeah. ridiculous genres. I share it, share it with the spouse. So poor guy. <laughs> that's okay. Okay. But yeah, I think I think that's everything I can think of. Of course, the second that we end this, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, I didn't shout out so and so, but yeah, it happens. You can always come back on. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Maybe we'll come back on after Totem releases. <laughs> okay, so this episode is now we've been recording for one and a half hours, so I think this will reduce down to maybe an hour. Okay. So I really hope, looking at you, Mystic Neptune, that you're happy now. You said you wanted a longer episode, so here's a longer episode. <laughs> no, it's been amazing talking to you, Ray. Yeah, same here. And if you've enjoyed this show, go click that follow button, click like, click the bell. Everything that you can do in order to give me that little boost, I really appreciate. And yeah, also, you can check out my Patreon. I have bonus material for every single episode since the fourth, so... If you want to, for example, listen to Honor Ray talk about the secrets of geese or want to talk about, want to listen to Void Harold talk about love advice, you know where to go. All right. Thank you so much. Ray, thank you again. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it has been indeed. I'll see you next time. I hope you can appreciate I chose the most annoying jingle I could, but do you like numbers going up? Well, so do I. Which is why I would like you to like, subscribe, and maybe even check out my Patreon. Recording, editing, and hosting these podcasts takes a lot of money. So yeah, I need funds, you need more content, it's a deal made in heaven. Did I mention the episodes on Patreon are ad-free?